Guess what? The next game could be the last baseball game of the year. You are locked on MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all the Major League Baseball. I am yours, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been a baseball podcaster and apparently can't talk for the last decade or so, and I've been a podcaster here on the Locked On Podcast Network for the last five seasons. You can follow us at Locked On MLB Pods on Twitter or on Instagram, and I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram, and this podcast, which is being uh, streamed live late in the night of Halloween 2023, early in the morning of November 1st, depending on where you are. I'm here to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets, with any winning $5 money line bet, that's 150 bucks. If your team wins, just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Uh, the World Series may end tonight, uh, meaning the 1st of November. Uh, there, it's not guaranteed. Nothing is guaranteed. But the way the Rangers look, and they cannot lose on the road. They've played 10 games on the road. And have won all of them this postseason. Um, things are looking bleak, but it's not over yet. Hey, um, I'm going to first uh, address the trivia question, and it's it's, it's funny. I have uh, an addendum to the uh, the trivia question, but uh, the question was which players won the World Series MVP in the only year. They were ever on a postseason roster. The only time they were ever playing on an October team, they won the big prize. Um, but John Murphy Jr., who is a frequent guest, had uh, three really good guesses. He said Don Clendenin, Ray Knight, and Troy Glaus, all of them World Series MVPs. We got one right. Don Clendenin of the 1969 Mets did indeed come over in mid-season uh, from the Expos to the Mets to win a World Series MVP. Uh, Ray Knight, also a Met World Series MVP with the 86 Mets, also played with the 79 Reds. He basically replaced Pete Rose. So he played in the 79 postseason. Uh, your other guess was Troy Glaus. Troy Glaus played a couple of other postseasons with the Angels and uh, memory serves, he also played a postseason with the Braves. Bet you forgot that. I bet Troy forgot that. Uh, but Court Stell got the all three right. They were Don Clendenin with the 1969 Mets, Frankie Sweet Music Viola with the 1987 Minnesota Twins, still the strangest team to ever win the World Series, and Jose Rio of the 1990 Cincinnati Reds. Now, I actually 
have issues with all three of those World Series MVPs. Don Clendenin won it before I was born, so this is all in retrospect. However, and Clendenin had a fine World Series. He had hit big home runs, got big hits. It's not like they gave it to the 14th caller in WFAN. However, the Mets lost the first game in that World Series where they were huge underdogs to the Baltimore Orioles. Jerry Kuzman came out and pitched into the ninth inning and won game two, therefore splitting the first two games in Baltimore, sending it back to Shea. That is a totally different series if it's 2-0 Baltimore going back to Shea. And then with the series up 3-1, Kuzman pitched a complete game victory to clinch the World Series. That's kind of sort of the MVP in my eyes. Uh, Frank Viola won the MVP in 1987. He won game one, pitched a fabulous game seven. However, he got clobbered in game four. He got absolutely trounced by the Cardinals in game four. And the Cardinals had a lead, a, a few run lead in game six, which means if they had held on to that lead, then Viola would have had one very good game and one awful game. And you could have pointed to that game in St. Louis had they lost, you know, that, that they lost with Viola on the mound. If they'd lost the series in six, Viola's horrible outing in game four would have been made him a partial goat of the series. And I think Kirby Puckett, who had 10 hits in the series and was involved in every major rally, was indeed the most valuable player. Likewise, Jose Rio in 1990. Look at Rio beat uh, Dave Stewart in games one and four back when Dave Stewart was invincible. I get it. But uh, Billy Hatcher batted 750 in the series, and Chris Sabo hit two gigantic home runs that basically flipped the series on its head. The Reds' offense won that series more so than Rio, who was at a wonderful series. What I'm saying is, all three of those answers could have gone to someone else. And if it had gone to uh, Chris Sabo, then I believe that that was his only time in the postseason. All right, I digress. Let's get to – I'm kind of wasting time here because there's not a lot to break down in this game. Uh, Manta play was the uh, opener for – in a bullpen game for the for Arizona. And Haney was given the ball for the Rangers. And the Rangers had two massive – Two out rallies. One started with a two out, two strike wild pitch, and five runs came in in the second. And once again, they got two outs in the third. Five more runs came in. Marcus Simeon woke up after he's had a not great postseason, got a big triple, got a big homer. Uh, Corey Seeger got a big, huge home run. We, the, the, the Rangers, I almost said the Rockies, the Rangers got horrible news that the Adolis Garcia was hurt and it's essentially four games. He probably would have been put on the injured list. And so he's unavailable to play the for the final games of the series. Same thing with Max Scherzer to the shock of nobody. So they had to, you know, they looked at this series like, oh my God, what are we going to do? We don't have Adolis Garcia. Are we going to score runs? And I think the fact that they were up uh, 10 nothing after three, the answer to that was yes. 
uh, and uh, uh, Jankowski, who was put in as the replacement for Dolores Garcia. You know, he wound up getting a, a two hits, doubled, scored two, drove in two. They didn't miss a beat. Simeon drove in five. Seager went two for four with a home run. Young got three hits. Uh, Heim uh, got uh, – someone else got a home run. It was, yeah, Heim got the other home run. And, yes, the, uh, the Diamondbacks scored six late runs. But did anybody think they were going to tie the game? No. No. Um, so it was – there's not a lot to break down in the game. You know, the, the Rangers' bats exploded. And, uh, you know, Corey Seager is, uh, you know, he's he's becoming the new Mr. October. You know, I couldn't believe the Yankees didn't sign him when he was a free agent. He would have been perfect at Yankee Stadium. And he has a chance to join Mr. October, Reggie Jackson, as the only other player to win a uh, World Series MVP with two different franchises. That's what's on the line right now. And I'm actually going to go to BaseballReference.com, the single greatest website in the history of the planet. I'm going to take a look at the overall stats for uh, uh, Seager in this World Series, because I think they're pretty good. I could be wrong, but I think they're pretty good. Um, Right now, uh, let's see, uh, Seager is uh um well he's 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 oh no i'm looking at simeon i'm sorry uh yeah he's hit three home runs he's driven in six his ops is 1.138 um you know his average isn't that great but you know we're not i don't really care uh i would he's right now the mvp of this series in my very humble opinion um, so, you know, there you have it, there you have it, there you have it. You know, I mean, if, if they, if the Rangers win with Jordan Montgomery winning a game, then maybe he'll get it. But Seager has been absolutely terrific. When we come back, I do want to bring up the fact that, you know, I'm a little bit of a broken record on some of these things about handling the pitchers. And my main question is, would it kill the manager's? to let some of these pitchers finish a darn inning. You know, the NFL season is is upon us. It's funny. I'm so baseball subject. I was about to say it's around the corner. Oh, wait, it's been going on for over a month. But for football fans out there, you got to score early this NFL season with FanDuel, which is America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. And if you're thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel is an official partner of the National Football League. Look at when a final when the final score is eleven seven. It never was really that close. You know, yes, they scored four runs in the eighth and two runs in the ninth, and so 
if they had gotten a couple more hits in the ninth, maybe the tying run would have come up. Did you really think that was going to happen? And part of it was it was the, it was kind of late in the game. Um, they brought in Burke, who uh, I don't believe has pitched in the you know, Brock Burke, who only played um, you know one game in the postseason, uh, and you know they put him back on the roster. And so he hasn't really contributed a lot this October. He got hammered around. Stratton got, you know, got hit pretty hard. Will Smith got hit pretty hard. But at that point of the game, when it was all, you know, it was like, what, 10 to 11 to 1, 11 to 2, whatever the score was. At that point, you're just throwing strikes. You're being Green Goblin. You're throwing pumpkins down the middle of the plate and trying your best to, to say, hey, look it. I'm not going to walk. Just just get a hit because we're going we're gonna to get you out. Um. I, I gave uh, Boach some credit for letting Handy go hit the five innings. He got, you know, earned the decision. Uh, at that point, it was such a blowout at that point. I didn't see the issue. You know, have Handy go out in the sixth. Really, it's a big enough lead. And it's going to be Handy's last appearance of the season, unless they play a wild extra inning game or something like that. And you know you got, you know, you know you have Uvalde tomorrow. But you, you, to have your team completely rested and ready, I give him an extra inning, you know, all in all, you know, Dunning Bradford pitched well, you know, I mentioned Burke Smith and Stratton didn't pitch well, but Leclerc got out of it. Now they're up three, one. The question I have about the diamond backs, it's like Mantiply pitched an inning in the third. He let up a walk and a hit. He let up one hit. And then, you know, they, they brought in, Castro to relieve him. And I remember thinking, Mantiply can't throw two innings. I mean, really, I mean, he wasn't, it, he just let him finish the second inning and then have Castro come in in the clean inning. Why, why do you have to pull the plug so fast? And you saw Castro was dreadful. And so by the time he got out of the second inning, they had to burn Mantiply, Castro, and the first Nelson. And Nelson wasn't, and Nelson then got a couple outs, but then he got smacked around, you know. And like, let some of these pitchers just finish the inning. The what was the worst thing to happen if you let Mantiply finish that inning, and then maybe you have Castro coming in in a clean inning. It wasn't like he was getting torched. And it's also like I understand if you're saving a pitcher for this and that. This is the World Series. Tomorrow is conceivably the last game of the year. Is there some reason that they couldn't say, hey, Matt, did I finish the second? The point I keep making over and over again, when you script out the game like this, you have to assume everyone's going to do their job perfectly. And that certainly didn't happen with the Rangers. Now, I'll tell you who did uh, come up big. And I kind of watched it going like, yeah, this is what, when you have a bullpen game, you have to have something like in mind. Ryan Nelson, the other Nelson, pitched five and a third innings and he was taken out of the game when and sit down for this one he needed relief he came in and basically uh, we'll get into the in the third segment but he gave the Diamondbacks some hope for tomorrow but he gave him some length and you would think if you went into a game you went into a game that you know was going to be a bullpen game and you also know that 
you know, this is a team that you're facing a team that can score a lot of runs in a hurry and you're relying on everybody to hit their mark correctly. You would think that you would have somebody prepared to say, you're going to give us three. It turned out the guy gave him five and a third innings in relief. I mean, that's tremendous. And that's what you should have in an opener situation, right? The first pitcher throws in like a pair of innings. Then the next pitcher throws four or five innings. And at that point, you look up and you've got six or seven innings in the belt and you've only burnt two pitchers. Isn't that how it's supposed to work? Not this massive parade of which, you know, one person doesn't do particularly well. It's taking the man to play out in the second inning going like, why are you doing this? Why is this happening? And the game unraveled. So it didn't matter what Nelson did after a while. The game was already a disaster. So why can't they do it? Somebody explain that to me. Somebody explain that to me why that, why that isn't happening. By the way, Cattell Marte is making a, a, a case to be the uh, World Series MVP with his tremendous performance. Um, you know, right now, uh, you know, Marte is, I don't know, he's just having a great postseason. Um, you know, Tommy Pham is having a tremendous World Series. He's batting 500 with an OPS of 1.346. But alas, it's not going to do that much for anybody, for the Diamondbacks, if you know you're just going to have your pitchers burn out. So look at, I'm not going to get too much on Lavolo. He's got his team to game five of the World Series when I think very few people thought they were going to get to game three of the Wild Card Series. Is that game three? Yeah, game three. So they, I'm sorry, I forgot how that, for a minute I forgot how the playoff system worked. But tomorrow is a do-or-die game. And yeah, you're going to have a short hook, but you also, God, why the pitcher finish an inning? You know, if for nothing else, you don't have the game just stop like, why are you taking them out? Because of reasons. Take them out when they need relief or go in and say, give us two. And he wasn't getting clubbed. It was the people who came in who got clubbed for him. So we'll see. But there is hope for Arizona. Things are looking bleak for the Arizona Diamondbacks. I, I understand that. But they looked even more bleak in the series against Philadelphia. Look me in the eye and tell me you thought the Phil- the uh, Phillies were going to lose that series. Especially after the first two games, including the 10 nothing blowout. Look me in the eye and tell me you thought the D-backs had a shot. Now, I defended them when Miller was on the show. But they looked they looked cooked. And especially after game, you know, the the... Phillies dropped the first two games, but came back to win the final game and was going to go home. And it looked like, hey, give the Diamondbacks credit. They, they, they made a series and they forced it back to Philadelphia. And then the Phillies bats went dead. We have seen one thing. We've seen that the Texas Rangers are a very streaky team, and we've seen that all year long. They, As I said, they had an eight-game winning streak and an eight-game losing streak in the same month this year. And we are going into the final game in Arizona, Gallon versus Uvalde. Now, Uvalde's had a wonderful postseason, but he got hit pretty hard the last game. And Gallon, who hasn't been spectacular, but has been good and is capable of pitching a good game. 
What am I saying here? I'm saying that if you have to come back from a three to one deficit, what you want to have are your two best pitchers rested and ready to go. And this is where Nelson's five and a third inning come in big time because the Diamondbacks didn't have to use most of their top relievers today. And they're going to have their top pitcher going today. And they are at home. Yes, yes, I know the Texas Rangers haven't lost a game at home this postseason. That's not the point. The point is this. To come back from 3-1, things are set up perfectly for the Diamondbacks. You would want to hand it to your best pitcher. Your best pitcher is rested and ready with a pretty rest and ready bullpen. That's going to happen. They're at home to do that. Boom. Zach Gallon pitching. You give him a shot, right? You give him a puncher's chance, even with Yavaldi pitching in the last game, because Yavaldi didn't look that great in game one of the World Series. Okay, if they win that, off they go back to Arlington for game six. You'll have Merrill Kelly, who's been an ace, going in game six. You got to give him, you know, Mr. Seven Innings pitch. You got to give him at least a puncher's chance to win that game. Boom, send us to a game seven. Brandon Fott is pitching, and by all accounts, a game seven is what? That's a coin flip. So they're not done. I thought they were. They looked more cooked against Philadelphia than they do against this team from Texas. So don't despair, Diamondback fans. There is still hope. There is still a, you know, there. it still has obstacles. It's not, Nothing's a guarantee. But there is still hope that this Diamondbacks team could be yet another one to come back from a three-game-to-one deficit. What do I want to see as a baseball fan? I want to see the Rangers get their generational moment. I'd like to see Bruce Bochy win a World Series title, but I want to see more baseball. And if we can't get a game six, and the Rangers do indeed win later tonight, then what I want is this. I want a great game. I want an all-time great game. I want it to be a legendary game. I think this postseason has had some okay games. There have been one or two very good games. I'd like to see one all-time. Because, for one, not quite ready to say goodbye to baseball yet. But I am going to pass on the trivia question. Now, Bruce Bochy, if the Rangers win one of their next three games, Bruce Bochy will join Tony La Russa and Sparky Anderson as the only three managers in baseball history to manage a World Series champion, both the American and the National League. And Bruce Bochy is undeniably going to go to the Hall of Fame as a manager, just like La Russa went to the Hall of Fame as a manager and Sparky Anderson went to the Hall of Fame as a manager. Several other managers have managed in both, managed a team to the World Series of both the American League and the National League. But only one manager managed a team in the American League and the National League to the World Series and got into the Hall of Fame as a player. This is not a Hall of Fame manager. This is a Hall of Fame player who obviously could manage a thing or two. But this Hall of Fame manager, no, I'm sorry, this Hall of Fame player managed an American League and the National League team to the World Series. Who was it? That's our trivia question for today. Put it down in the comments here on YouTube or put it on uh, Twitter or whatever it's called now 
at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter, on Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter. Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Talking about Game 4 of the World Series. I'm wondering if this indeed is the end of the season. This has been Locked On MLB. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. <laughs>